The hospital was pleasant enough, surrounded by green lawns bordered by fig and palm trees, where the men could breathe the fresh air while gazing at the white walls and bougainvillea of Alexandria, as well as the blue Mediterranean stretching out beyond a harbour filled with Allied destroyers. Yet a hospital it remained, with all the boredom that entailed, and Greaves and Sterling had passed their time by swapping stories about their experiences— the former into Brook, the latter along the Cyrenaican coast, and speculating on the outcome of the war and how best it might be won. Sterling was a man who liked conversation and was brimful of energy. Greaves liked him a lot. The problem with Rommel, Sterling said, taking up a favourite theme, is not that he's invincible, but that we're going about him the wrong way. Meaning? Well, for instance, take those raids we made with Laycock along the coast of Cyrenaica. Bloody disasters, practically all of them. Why? Greaves thought he knew the answer. He and the energetic former Scots Guards officer had been members of 8 Commando, posted to General Wavell's Middle Eastern Army with other commanders on attachment to Lay Force, the special unit formed by Colonel Robert Laycock, to mount raids against the Axis forces in Rhodes, Crete, Syria, around Tobruk, and all along the coast of Cyrenaica. However, after a series of disasters, which were blamed on a chronic shortage of manpower and equipment, Force was disbanded and the men and ships used for other, presumably more fruitful, missions. Bad weather, Greaves began, echoing his own thoughts, shortage of manpower and— No! That's damned nonsense cooked up by MEHQ to save face. The raids were disasters because we took— too many men, inserted by orthodox means, in other words, by sea, and so couldn't keep ourselves hidden, usually being observed well in advance of the raids by Axis reconnaissance planes. The crowd saw eye ties on the ground, were therefore waiting for us to arrive, all set to cut us to pieces and send what was left of us packing. The very idea of using up to two thousand men for raiding parties, landing by boat, is ridiculous. Impossible to keep such an op secret, just begging for trouble." We're back to your idea of hitting the enemy with small groups of men rather than whole regiments, Greaves said, completing his packing, tightening the ropes of his rucksack, and glancing along the ward, his eyes settling on a pretty RAMC nurse, Francis Beamish, whom he hoped to get to know better once he was on convalescent leave in Cairo. It's become an obsession. Sterling laughed. What's a man without an obsession? How do you think I ended up in this hospital? By trying to prove a point. You don't use large groups of men which are bound to attract attention. You use small groups of no more than four or five and insert them as invisibly as possible. If you land them well away from the target area, letting them hike the rest of the way, they can really take the enemy by surprise. That's the point I was trying to prove, and that's how I ended up in this damned hospital, wrapped up like an Egyptian mummy as stiff as a board. Greaves had heard the story before. Learning that another former Lay Force officer, Captain Jock Lewis, Welsh Guards, had acquired fifty static line parachutes offloaded in Alexandria, Egypt, for shipment to India, Sterling had charmed the taciturn but adventurous Welshman into joining him in experimental jumps with the chutes. Unfortunately, he and Lewis made two of the first jumps from a Valencia, an aircraft quite unsuitable for this purpose. To make matters worse, both men lacked the experience required for the task. After tying his static line to the legs of a passenger seat, because the Valencia did not have the proper overhead suspension for the static lines, Sterling jumped out the wrong way, snagged and tore his chute on the tailplane, dropped like a stone and practically crashed to the ground. He was lucky to be alive. 
in the event he had been knocked unconscious by the fall and came to in the Scottish military hospital, badly bruised and with two damaged legs. Now, after weeks of treatment and exercise, he was, like Greaves, about to leave for a period of convalescence. Look, he said, lifting a clipboard off his still-opened rucksack and waving it dramatically in the air. I even wrote some notes on the subject. Want to hear them? I'm all ears. Sterling grinned. The Germans and Italians, he read, are vulnerable to attacks on their transports, vehicle parks and aerodromes along the coast. However, plans to land the two hundred men of a commander for such raids against a single target inevitably destroy the element of surprise when their ship has to be escorted along the coast, a high risk in itself for the Navy. I agree with that, Greaves interjected, recalling many of his own doomed adventures with eight commander along the coast around Tobruk when the boats had been attacked by Stukas or Italian fighters.